Hi there, and welcome, ladies and gents, to the Journey of Growth podcast with your host, Griffin Shea. The Journey of Growth podcast depicts what it's like to travel along the road of life, identifying key moments in what we like to call potholes, detours, and free-roaming highways. Each guest and episode will portray events in life that are defining and add to the exhilaration of the ride that we call the Journey of Growth. This is definitely the longest episode we've had yet. And by the way, it's also the best. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Journey of Growth podcast. And on today's episode, we have our first interview since late October. We are so sorry for the break. Just a couple things had to be sorted out in the life of Griffin and Shea. But hey, we're back and more excited than ever. As I said, this episode, the best one, the most amazing and it's truly one that can change your life. Today, we had the pleasure of having Miss Jazz Anderson join the Journey of Growth podcast. In terms of introductions, Miss Anderson is not big on titles. Simply, she's a third year media studies major here at the University of Georgia with a passion for communication and service. Of late, She's been into manifestation, the law of attraction, using your mind and your body, and how to turn that in to a one-of-a-kind weapon to make sure that you can get all that you want out of life. And another book saying that 20s are the defining decade of your life. So we chat about all of this. I swear to you guys, I didn't know what to expect. And I think the best part of that was the fact that this episode happened because the world put jazz up on the hill at North Campus here at the University of Georgia when she was supposed to be downtown and having lunch with her friend. But instead, she saw me and she said, hey, Griff. We started talking. She asked about the podcast. And I was thinking, heck, I need somebody I want to interview. And jazz turned out to be the best possible candidate that I've come across. And in doing so, our longest episode, our best episode was a result of the conversation that we had. Jazz is amazing, and I cannot wait for everybody to listen in and gather some insight so that they can have the journey of growth that they've always imagined for their own lives. Without further ado, Miss Jazz Anderson. Jazz Anderson, welcome to the Journey of Growth podcast. Thank you, Griffin. <laughs> this is going to be a fun Thank one. You. So we were just kind of chatting about what we want to talk about, but we're just kind of Get a little introduction. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Should I? Yeah, Jazz. Okay, so my name is Jazz. Like the music. Um, With but a it's Z? not spelled the yeah, same. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. It's not spelled the same. It's J A S. Okay. Yeah, my parents were funny. And they don't want Jasmine, it's just Jazz. I was named after the music. My dad really was really and is really into jazz. So uh-huh. he wanted um he wanted his first child to be named Jazz, and my mom had a boy first and she didn't like the idea of her son being named Jazz. She was just like, ah, you know, you can wait until you get your girl. And then... Um, and you're a twin. And I'm a twin, but I was the first You one. were first? So they said the first one will be named Jazz. Mm-hmm. So here I am. Um, and then it's not spelled J-A-Z-Z because my mom, um, she just liked S. She said it's more of a feminine letter. She said Z is kind of a masculine letter. Okay, I can see that. And so she associated that with more of a male if um, someone's named Jazz and the male would be J-A-Z. Mm-hmm. And she felt like it was more feminine to be J-A-S. 
being that I'm a girl, so we're in power, baby. <laughs> so, um, so that's how that came about. So it's it's really simple. Um, I mean, maybe not, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Great jazz, detour on that one, Anderson. Okay. Uh, I'm a third year at the University of Georgia, Entertainment and Media Studies major, and um, basically I could do film production, uh, TV production. Um, I do like writing, so I could try my hand at screenwriting. Um, I'm really into music though, so mm-hmm. I would really be into music supervising for a TV show, kind of arranging the soundtracks, getting licensing for sound and music used in a piece, in a film, or in a TV show. Mm-hmm. So that's just what I'm into. Have you heard of the music business program? I have. Uh, and you haven't? N- no, it's here in Terry. It is in Terry, and I know it. And I can, Pretty sure I the applications are open now. It's open now, so... but the thing was... I'm a transfer student. Okay, I'm and a transfer student. A lot student of my also. credits UGA scrapped, but Hope's still covered. Okay. So it's like Hope's not going to cover my credits. Like, I'm going to go over. Basically, if I do MBUS, I'm going to go over credits. Over the because amount for, of hours that yes, you're that, allocated for Hope? Yes, the 127, because Hope. That was um, 120. Um, it may be. That Either way. Then I'm that, screwed even more than I thought I was. Oh, no. So then it was. Um, but I mean, I'll be fine. But yeah, basically, I'm thinking about auditing classes because I won't be able to. Dude, take honestly, them. if it's a big enough class, just sneak in. I think I will because I really, I really care. I really want to learn. And then also, um, so yeah, hope on cover, which I mean is cool. Whatever, what about whatever. federal federal grants? Federal grants. I mean, that covers part of my tuition, but not all of it. Okay. And so, um, so so basically, hope covers the rest, and that yeah, yeah, that basically covers my tuition. I'm doing the same thing. But um. Sucks. Hope won't cover like it, I will go over and I will have to pay out of pocket, which I'm considering doing because it's not as expensive as I thought it would be, especially if I become an RA. Um, fingers crossed, I find out on Friday. I know I got it, but like, hey, yeah. let's go. Okay. <laughs> I, I it won't be that much because um it, to to pay because um I won't have to. Pay you can for get housing. like any student stipends or like yeah, I get stipends, but I won't have to pay for housing. So the that's money dope. that hope. That I do have left over that hope covers for tuition that kind of trails over that ends up going to my housing, I could just use for my credit. So I'm still thinking about it. You should do it because that sounds I, like I it's do it right up. So much. So I love badly. music, but not enough to get into that. But from what I've heard of the program, everybody loves it. So. And it's just uh, dude, if I were you, so well with entertainment media. Yeah, if I were you, why wouldn't you not apply? I mean, there's a thing where like. People are always hesitant to apply if they don't think they're going to get in or something. And even if they get in, they're like, all right, how am I going to pay for it? It's like, if you apply for it and you get in, that urgency or desire is going to be like, I really want to do this, so I'm going to figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. And as we're going to talk about in just a minute, the law of attraction, if you want to bring something into your life, you start thinking about it, talking about it, trying to be it, and like the energy of the world is going to help out. So yeah, I'm a firm believer in that. So I Me think too. you should just shoot your shot. But then also another thing was time and time? the fact that it's a mandatory you... four semester program. Yeah, that was a huge thing too. So a two year program. It, yeah, it's a two year program. Holy! So, so you're gonna be in do... school forever. Yeah. So I was just like, you know, I might as well just get my master's in something like that. Yeah. Versus just finishing my undergraduate and it's prolonged by two by by two year by a year. Yeah. Um, because I have two semesters left. So it'd be extended by a year, my undergrad, um, just to get the certificate when I could just get a master's and something like that. Yeah. And and spend that time better and get a, a higher degree. You could also 
when you graduate go into something like that. Yeah, and you can also learn on the job. Yeah, exactly. That's the difference between school, you pay for it, and then a job, you get paid to learn about what you want. And it's like in the alley anyway, entertainment, media, like I feel like I would be involved in that some way or another. I don't feel like it's like that out of reach when I go in the field to do something with the music business. Yeah. Quick side note to that. Um, When we were on the bus back from Leadership, uh, that was absolutely ridiculous. Like... Yeah. It's not that I felt awkward. It was like... It was... These people are amazing. And like, I wish I could sing along, but I just don't have the talent to. So... I have no talent. I, I cannot sing. I can carry a tune. Okay. But I can't sing. But I feel like I fake it. I can fake it. Yeah, but it's good. Oh, well, good. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Um, we basically, with leadership <laughs> on the way back, we kind of had this impromptu, like, karaoke type band... This is in the back of the bus, so you know the place is rocking. But I swear to God, every single song that came on, Jazz and her sister Ella were just going after it. And Jazz was kind of keeping the beat. And I'm sitting there and I just got this like really awkward smile that I can't sing along, but I want to. And I know these songs and you guys are just crushing it. And I'm like, God, I wish I had the energy. It's crazy. It was amazing to watch that. So, I mean... Even if you don't have talent, if you can work hard at it. Yeah. Like hard that's work and true. That's really true. I just read an you article. Can work. Yeah. yeah. Grit. It's just like the perseverance to go like, hey, if I really want to get good at something, I don't really have to have talent. I mean it's nice to have it. But yeah. the person who's more consistent daily with persevering, yeah, is gonna beat that person with talent. Because singing is a skill. It can be developed. I don't want to. So. <laughs> I don't even sing in the shower. I don't know how people go like, yeah, I sing in the shower. I'm like, I turn it on. I kind of mumble to myself. Like, I, I don't even want to sing this. Like, it just sucks. So that's whatever. All right, Jazz. Um, I've always wanted to kind of just, I mean, I've told you guys before, but I just think you're awesome. Like. Oh, well. No, I really thank do. Thank you so much. Um, I had always kind of thought about having you or Ella or something, like a combination of two on the podcast, but like now... It's kind of dope that we're doing this. Yeah. So, um, thank you. Oh, no, thanks. No, no, it's it's awesome. Like, you guys, I mean, you're awesome. Like, you guys, you and your sister are probably some of the coolest, actually, if not the coolest people I've met here at the university. Wow. Oh, that's really high praise. Yeah. Thank you so much. A lot of fun. And the reason why we're doing this is because you just said hey to me yesterday, and mm-hmm. I was looking for somebody, and you fit the criteria of being somebody. Something who, was like Ask Griffin about his podcast. Like, it just... I, I told you, the world works in crazy yeah. ways. Because I wasn't even supposed to be up there. Really? I left my jacket at the library. I was, I was supposed to be um, meeting my friend for food. Um, I was already supposed to be downtown. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, so let's jump into the law of attraction then. Like, <laughs> So you want to just kind of give your take on what you think it is? <laughs> yeah. So, or what the books are saying? Um, so, uh, okay, so basically... Uh, kind of my mom, how she raised us, it was very much so, like, uh, be care- not be weary, but, you know, just be mindful of kind of the energy you put out there. Yeah. In terms of how you come think. Back. Yeah. That's, yeah, basically that that comes back to you. And, and be careful of, you know, what you want and the energy you do put out there because it's very powerful. Thoughts are very powerful. And so they'll manifest in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so if you aren't specific with what you want, um, if you... For example, it's like, um, and so I'm going around the bush, right? But basically, I've been 
kind of in a way already introduced into the concept of the law of attraction before I even knew that that's what it was called mm -hmm. just because of how my mom raised us in terms of you know mean what you say because it's very powerful what you say and your intention especially behind what you say mm -hmm. and so and your actions are very important too actions are just as important you can't say oh I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 25 and you just sit on your ass like that's not that's like three years away and that's just not a reality <laughs> like I would love to but unless I'm gonna work but it would be exactly it would be that effort put in yeah like you can't just throw words go like hey god give me a million dollars when I'm 25 and then you sit there and you're like shit yeah uh, and, and people think that that's what they abuse the power of manifesting things in the law of attraction because they think that just by saying something and not putting any action behind it that it'll just come their way okay and, and it so, doesn't? I mean, Do you it, think it, 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 it can come your way. Um, maybe not in the way you want. Okay. I mean, what if you say, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 25, and you don't specify or there's no intent behind the energy of how yeah. you want that million dollars, and you get it because your family's in a really bad car wreck, and your whole family Holy dies, shit. and that's your settlement money. Like, would, the, would you care about getting the million dollars? I mean, that's what you wanted. That's what that person wants. Yeah. It's like if you're not intentional behind it, you you know, you could get it in a way that you don't want it. Well, I've you never know? thought about that. So it's like being intentional about the circumstance and also how you want it. Like I want a million dollars with um, doing positive things or, or doing a service that I care about, doing something that I'm passionate about, not something just, just throwing a number out there and not knowing how you're going to get that number back in what kind of way. Yeah. Like, for example, even my mom... She goes to a, um, she's an assistant principal in a school in Macon. Mm -hmm. And one of the vice principals there, she really wanted to be, um, she was like second in command. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to be principal really badly. I mean, every time people asked her, hey, what do you want to be in five years? She said, I want to be principal of this school. I'm, mm -hmm. I anticipate being principal of this school in five oh, years. Oh, no, this is going crazy. And the principal at the time, older gentleman, um, middle aged, like uh, 52, 53. And um, he ends up getting sick, like, over Christmas break. His daughter, incidentally, is a freshman here, and he dies. And the principal, the vice principal that, that wants it, yeah. she's in line. She, she's Right now, she's the interim principal, okay. but she's basically in line to get, to become principal. So it's like, she wanted that. She put that energy out there. She got it, but, I mean, what was the cost? I mean, she didn't, there was no, there was no consideration of the circumstance surrounding how she wants what she'll get it wasn't like a after i've been here or this like it what there was no positive circumstance around it or at least the positive intent behind it because if you're not direct i mean she could have got it in a positive way yeah. the guy could have retired but she wasn't specific so she got it in a way that was negative the guy dies and he's sick for only like a week and a half and then he just drops dead so it's like okay so you think somebody's energy can affect yeah really to that yeah. i think to I that think, much power i mean i think i think because there are be... things always i think things align in a way that that are unbeknownst to us like we put ourselves in situations for example the guy um apparently it, he had really bad health issues because he ate poorly okay. and so he was already doing those actions yeah so it kind of culminated yeah it just culminated in that way like i don't personally i don't believe in a concept of karma in the sense of oh yeah well, nothing's I, really gonna... i believe that you know people don't change and if people don't change it's like if someone's an asshole you know 
and they're an asshole to the wrong person and they end up getting robbed or they get beat or something like that someone could say oh that's karma for you being a jerk to everyone else but in reality that guy was a jerk regardless he just put his jerkness in a situation that inevitably kind of put him in that situation exactly so i that's my concept of karma it's like if i'm a terrible person so what about good stuff for good stuff i feel like so like if i feel like it'll align the same way too like i feel like you're you'll put yourself in a situation um if you're a good person then you will consistently be in positive in situations that uplift you and good things will happen for example um just how did that happen? Like me doing leadership, mm-hmm. me putting myself in a situation where I was, I was intentional about, you know, changing my perspective, changing my views yeah. and then encountering people that were kind of, that were on the same page as me and, and getting those connections. Like someone could say that's, that that's like good karma in a way, or in the sense of, I met Becky, who was an RHD of ECV and she freaking rocks. Dude, she was awesome. my, she was our, uh, our mom. She's amazing. She's Becky's amazing. Crazy. And I met her and I needed a job because yeah. I mean, I didn't need a job per se, but I, I really Everybody wanted needs a yeah. job. Yeah. It's like it's like I didn't need a job in the sense So we got cut off right there and Jazz and I were talking about how Oprah Winfrey is the master of manifestation and it's just the belief that when you start thinking about something and you start seeing it, that you want to bring it to reality in your life. So with Oprah becoming the first black billionaire and how much she put in to her own life and saw that she wanted to do this and doing the manifestations and seeing the opportunity and the fear of the future, she became amazing. And then we started talking about another book that jazz was into and we got cut off because i turned the phone upside down and it decided hey we're not gonna record anymore so we're gonna jump back into the conversation with jazz talking about identity capital and what exactly that means to all of us all right so we just got cut off right there um where were we uh we were talking capital yeah, let's go with identity capital and kind of talk about when we were in the 20s thank you anchor you kind of screwed us over right there we were just having a great conversation. I really don't know how much we just missed. Probably about five minutes. But um, so we were talking about how when um, you're yeah. when you're in your when how with your salary and how it increases, it's it kind of plateaus after you reach thirty because you have other factors in your life that influence. It's not that you can't make more money. Yeah. It's that you have other factors in your life that influence your decision of whether or not you are going to pursue this avenue and make more money, mm-hmm. or would that affect your your children, your childhood, the childhood of your children, or um, your spouse, you know, things like that that affect your decision of making more money. When you're twenty and carefree, it's easy to just jump up and go. Yeah. So. With the law of attraction, then it's, I mean, you do, I don't want to say those are burdens, those are blessings that you have, but say you're 30 and you've got a wife or a significant other and you've got kids. What if, I mean, it's great to be able to attack something by yourself and to want to manifest things by yourself, but say you're in that relationship with that significant other and then you're both like, hey, we want to make a massive change. Mm -hmm. Do you think, I mean, you can manifest together and I think that would be best for the family but do you think people kind of 
when they go through their 20s, they're experiencing exponential growth. Do you think when they're 30, they're like, all right, so we've got X life to live. I mean, we've got this job. And like, I mean, I guess that's very subjective. It's like, where do you want to go think, in life? Yeah, I think people, people get comfortable and, and people, in a good way, in the sense of now you have a rhythm of things with yeah. your family. But also... Change is uncomfortable. Ch- exactly. So it's just deciding, honestly. I, I do believe that you can still manifest what you want, but it's just... Um, deciding in what way you want it manifested Mm -hmm. and still having that intention of positivity that's important in how you want what you want but not in a sort of traumatic way that could be hurtful or impact others. Yeah. So um, in a negative way because you can have a good impact on someone. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's why we're humans and I think that's the point. Like, you could go through your life and be a narcissistic asshole (laughs) and like, You'd be cool with how you feel, but I don't, I mean, you have to add value somewhere. You do. More than just yourself, because it's stupid. Like, whenever you get good news, what's the first thing you want to do? Share it. Share yeah. sh- Tell the fucking world that yep. you got this. Yep. But, I mean, if you're, I don't know, there's, there's too many things that you shouldn't be holding in. Just to be like, hey, I want to share this experience with you. I think being able to share an experience with somebody, kind of like doing a podcast like this or, uh, I mean, going to a brewery with my mom. I love doing that. I mean, if I'm going like paragliding with some of the people I just met that summer, like being able to do these awesome things with other people and go like, hey, I'm like, so beyond grateful that this happened and like share the experiences. But I mean, that's another tangent. So when you can, do you think you can manifest everything or I feel like there's like um, definitely small things that we have to just do like waking up I don't really know I guess you could manifest like hey I want to be able to wake up in like 20 years be able to be like alive but I feel like hmm I feel like there are a lot of things in our control but I feel like also just taking into consideration that if Maybe if something doesn't happen, that maybe that's not the worst the way thing. it's supposed to work maybe out. Maybe that's just how it's supposed to work out. You know, maybe. But how do you cope with that then? How do you cope with that? So like not allowing that to. So okay, let's go back to the okay. original. I'm gonna interrupt you because this is mine. So let's go back to the thing. It's like okay. I'm 22. Yeah. And I want to be a millionaire by 25, right? Yeah. So. I do the manifestation. I'm working my ass off. I'm doing whatever I possibly can. I'm trying to add value. I'm doing the, like literally everything that I can to get myself to that millionaire status at 25. Mm-hmm. And turns out my net worth is like 350000 You're like, all right, I gave it my all. I gave it everything, but I'm not a millionaire. How do you kind of cope with that if it doesn't turn out? How do you cope with that? I do you was... go like this is maybe just a part of life and like there's a reason to this I rhyme? Feel, I feel like there's rhyme a reason to, to the rhyme. I feel like, Whatever honestly, I feel like if is. something, if, if there's a, I really do believe that if there is something that's ba- that's blocking you from something, then if there, if it's, it was, it was shielding or protecting you from something that you maybe couldn't anticipate or you couldn't handle or the universe didn't feel like you could handle at that present moment and it's preparing you for something greater like I truly think that like I feel like um I feel like most people assume that ah man if I just say I want to be a millionaire it doesn't happen it's just not in the cards for me I disagree it's in the cards 
maybe just you not just exact, it, yeah. exactly, or maybe it's not in the way that you think it's going to be. Maybe you become a millionaire not because you work, but because hey, you won the lottery. Yeah. Like it's just like maybe, and then also with working and and maybe not anticipating how exactly you're going to get. Like I said, not anticipating the process, just focusing on the outcome, hoping that that process is positive and that outcome is positive. Hopefully, people aren't manifesting for for negative shit. Like I that would but, suck. But it's like um, hoping, but still not step by step anticipating the process, just trusting. Because um, what with the book, The Defining Decade, she talks about with identity capital, and she said that your friend group will most likely not have you succeed. Not oh, in the, the way that you think. So five people that hang around if, the most, that's what you're going to assimilate to. Exactly. Yeah. And Jim so Rune, it's like. Jim Rune, by the way. A, that's what he's, that's where well, she, she bit yeah, off. She, yeah, I know she did. She, Everyone did. So she, she did. said it's it's those weak... She said she calls it the strength of weak ties. She says it's the people that you maybe just say hey to or have a casual coffee with them or maybe even just people that you kind of wave to when you see them, but you don't necessarily have... A great relationship. A great relationship, and... but you still have kind of a something with them. Those are the people that get you where you want to go. It's like, it's not the people that you hang out with every weekend and have coffee with. I mean, and have drinks with. Uh, those are, those are, that's called your tribe. She said that's called your tribe. And because that's your tribe, you all think similarly. You wouldn't have a tribe with people that you disagree with on everything. Um, for the most part, you yeah. have a similar frame of mind. And um, she said, but also it's the weak ties that get you where you want to go. Because um, those are the The weak ties get you where you want to go or no? The weak ties do. Because she said it's people that you don't think can help you. She said it's the strength of weak ties. It's building identity capital. She said it's called, um, it's, for example, me with Becky. Yeah. She said, I, I didn't know Becky like that. I, I, she was just someone I met at Leadership. Yeah. Oh, she okay. was head of RHD. She was a weak tie. Yeah. She, and most of the things in my life, the opportunities that I've gotten that have given me a leg up have happened through people I didn't know that well. Yeah. It's like I got a scholarship to my first university. I got a full ride there from a dude that I had a conversation with that turned out to be the dean of students. I didn't know that. And he ended up, and I had coffee in line, and then something happened, and we ended up chatting for a bit. And he said, hey, I want to know how your mind works. And da-da-da, he said, you seem interesting. And then I ended up the next um, month going down there for an interview for um, – the scholarship and he was the person that interviewed me and so it's just like those weak ties you know it's like i got a job at quick trip because i kind of knew a cashier who worked there that said hey just put my name down on the application and you'll get it yeah and it's just like i'm thinking throughout my life on the opportunities that i've been given and it's really been through people it's like oh i knew a guy yeah no you know get internships yeah i knew a guy i think that okay so i'll piggyback off of that okay and i think this is kind of um what life really is. So we can do our best to be looking for stuff and in the moment giving it our best effort. But in reality, the reason why we get the things that we do is because of the people that we know. Mm-hmm. So I got an and internship. people that know you. Yeah. I got an internship two summers ago that I wasn't expecting with UPS because my fraternity brother was like, hey, there's an open spot. So check. I uh, got an internship this summer because of my buddy's mom works at the company, gave an awesome recommendation, and I hadn't talked to Miss Dudek in a very long time, so she was very excited when I got the news that I got in. It's like, I can put in all this hard work 
And like you said, the world and the energy is going to be like, hey, Jazz put in this effort. We've been working together. Like, I mean, you'll never see the work that's being done outside of your life that affects your life, which is crazy to think yeah. about. So It's the small things. She said it's the small things that happen that, that give the tremendous impact in your life. Yeah. It's like... All small victories are going to lead to that big one. And you're going to be like, damn, that was awesome. Did you... Did you... Um, when you met your friend's brother your, your you said it was your friend your friend's dad your friend's yeah. dad yeah was there any anticipation that oh this person's gonna get me this internship no i mean i just it's exactly it's like it's like that's the process it's like just live your life being a communic a communicative person that people gravitate towards you have a lot of charisma yeah griffin like seriously like, this is me just talking to you like you do and just being yourself just and and you don't even it's like you're attracting that without even knowing it instead of saying Which oh is i'm just going to be on the crazy it's, it's just you're attracting that by just being you by being the person that people remember yeah. being memorable and then i think that's oh, one of the I number one things exactly it is it's having a personality yeah. having being able to have social um being able to communicate and be social with people it's it's not totally a whole work 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 let me just not be a fucking human being and like get along with people yeah i mean it was crazy because there's a guy that's in my ob um group project and we left class the other day and he's like hey were you at georgia college and i was like Mm -hmm. uh like when did i see you john mark but he's like yeah man i remember seeing you around Mm -hmm. and i was like what (laughs) so it's kind of weird i mean people are always watching yeah they are and and it's like she said she talked about um, jobs that um, she talked about being underemployed, which is not unemployed. It's when you're doing a job that you are very over you're too qualified to do. And she said most people in their twenties do those jobs. They do the Starbucks gig. There's nothing wrong with Starbucks, but it's like if you're doing that, and and that's she said that people that are underemployed are have a a lower life quality in terms of happiness than people that are unemployed. So people that are unemployed are more content with their life than someone that's working a job they know that they are better, that they're above, that they have the skill to be above. It's like you, you get a degree um, in business and you work at a, as as a, a bartender. Yeah. yeah, That's depressing because you know the potential within you versus someone that's unemployed. They still know their potential. They just know that there's not an opportunity out there. So right let me go 180 on that. Say, I mean, I'm a college student, you're a college student, so right, we're doing the jobs that we have to right now, and yeah. even though we don't see ourselves doing that in the long term, it's kind of... It's a can, stepping stone. Yeah, as like a, I don't mean, sacrifice is a bad way to look at it, but a stepping stone, say like, some of the jobs I'm doing right now, I don't want to be doing when I'm graduating, because I know the potential, I know what I'm worth, and I know it's a decent It's fit. recognizing that. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, but knowing that what you're doing right now is to help support you yeah. and it's it's a stepping stone to go like, hey, in life, I mean, shit, you legitimately start at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, you do. But, I mean, if you're born into a billionaire's family, you suck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you're, the discrepancy, it's like, the world's not fair. Mm-hmm. It wasn't meant to be. Right. It was meant for us to become best person we can and however many people affect that's great it's just it's unfair and i'm sorry to say but if if you want to become a better person i think you can do that wherever you are in life yes you can 
but it's it's recognizing that you it's it's just the whole issue with people that are underemployed she said was that they feel like they, they don't it's like wasted potential it's, it's wasted potential she said that there was a girl that she was advising that said that she um she had this opportunity to do this internship where she wasn't getting paid but she also had this other opportunity where she could be a barista at her local coffee shop and she said she thinks that she's not going to do the internship it was an internship at like a turner's like a like a kind of a turner studios not okay. turner studios but like an animation studio that would be pretty and sweet the woman said meg said forget the whole getting paid as a starbucks barista this will get you identity capital this will get this is interesting this, this will makes put your you foot th- in the door this will put your foot in the door it's making those decisions it's getting those internships and getting something and doing something that separates yourself from the crowd and gives you those connections and those networks, those weak ties yeah. that have a lot of strength. Yeah. I think what we just touched on is like the personality aspect. Yeah. Cause I mean, I can work and work and work and work, but if I don't have the ability to like either podcast or to interview somebody or just like chat I love to talk with people I'm an extrovert but also at the same time I like to be quiet sometimes and like when I was doing the um interviewing rounds for Comcast I mean I put my best foot forward I'm like me and I'm very like ostentatious when it comes to it right that's the word big word um and then the woman called me uh last night and she was like hey Griff um I kind of met with the recruiters and they loved you and I was like Oh, that's sweet. And I mean, what they said is that I think it kind of maybe rippled throughout and like everybody was like, hey, Griff's a great guy. And it's like, I'm flattered. Um, That's just me. And hopefully, like I told my mom last night, like if I can be like the Migos and Drake, walk it like I talk it. I was like, shit, I have to do this now. It's like, if you pipe up a big game, if you bring that big, big personality, don't be that freaking chihuahua. Right. Like be that goddamn dog and like be that person. No, yeah. I mean, I don't know where we're going with this. Definitely attention. But I think when you think about stuff and you want it to bring it to your life, mm-hmm. this world's got a funny way oh, yeah. of bringing it to you. Yeah. Positively or negatively, shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's jump into some of the questions that I haven't asked in a, quite a while. It's been uh, since, what, October since I've done an interview. So... On your journey of growth, uh, we had mentioned that you kind of started like figuring out your journey. Yeah. Was it last semester? Yeah. So, what were um what was like a big pothole that you kind of encountered? A pothole. Something that kind of hurt. Some it was like a failure yeah. or something like that. How'd you work through it, and yeah. how can we help the listeners avoid that pothole? Um, the pothole. So, uh. Basically, it was a matter of I was getting kind of <sighs> so it was very interesting how things happened and how things aligned because in the beginning of the semester, I was uh, vice president of a really big organization on campus and um, which one University Union nice and I left mm-hmm. I left I quit because. Or I, rather, I, I'd say I, I resigned because... There you go. Quitting is a negative word. Quitting is a negative word. I you saw better opportunities. I did. I, they didn't respect my... They didn't value me as a person. Okay. Um, that sucks. They took my uh, 
my talent and my um, my drive for granted. Mm-hmm. They basically the situation was. Um, I was all slated to be president of the organization. The president, the current president, now had a conversation with me, called me personally, and told me that she feels like she she knows that she wants me to be her successor. That's nice. And the but the thing is, she can't vote for the successor. So the uh, other you leave people it up on to the board, peers. Yes, and they didn't allow my sister, who is on e board, to vote for me either because they said it was a conflict of interest. Oh, get out of here. And so it was basically between me and this other girl who has no experience with exec board. Not, nothing to, on her, but it's just like I, I've, I'm. You very, have the experience, you have, I have the drive, experience, the qualification. I have a commitment to this organization that I've shown. And so um, basically, it was a thing where one of the girls there, she had wanted to be president, but it wasn't in the cards for her because she was going to graduate in December of um, next year, of this year, 2019, but you have to be here for the whole academic year to be president. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't in the cards for her, and it was kind of like a thing where, well, if it's not easy for me, and I wanted it so badly, why it shouldn't be easy for Jazz? And so she kind of started this campaign, um, a smear campaign, and basically was listing reasons why I shouldn't be president. and Why you shouldn't be? And the people on board kind of bit that and and kind of went with it and and um when I found out that they gave it to this girl who I didn't even know existed was even in our organization she kind of just ran on as a lark she applied for like everything and like not to like to to demean her or anything because I mean I left the organization I I'm fine but at the same time I was clearly a better a better more qualified candidate yes yeah but um, so I, I quit because I resigned because I realized that obviously that wasn't a space where I was um, valued and I did not want it. I no longer wanted to be in that place anymore. Yeah. And it, it, it was weird how it aligned because I was in a relationship in the beginning of the year that um, that where I was in the same way disrespected and not valued. Um, this person told me that um, they thought they were better than me. What? Like, their actual words, I'm better than you, I'm way fucking better than you. And it, that hurt, like, that was, that was that's the most a hurtful thing. That's the most hurtful thing, Griffin, that I've ever been told in my life. Like, that's, to me, that's worse than being called a racial slur, which I have been called. And that has meant nothing compared to... They're someone. attacking you. Like, yes. Because it's like, someone can be racist, okay. Whatever, dude. It's like, you, you don't know me as an individual to even kind of... Con- but it's something that I've been very passionate about is not is, is people not thinking they're better than someone. Just think, see someone not thinking they're better than someone. Just I, I I always get confused as to why in order for someone to feel good or feel confident they have, they have to, to make people someone. feel like shit. I just never got that because I can feel great and confident in myself without feeling like I need to make this person feel like shit. Like I just never understood that concept because. Like, it's not that I don't understand that concept, I do, but it's just, like, I never, I never... Imagined? Imagined. And I never, and then I never imagined that someone would say that shit to me. Like, it's another thing to think it, but to say it, it it just... It pierces your heart. Yeah, it does. Like, that was, that was a very, that, that broke my heart. And so, like, I was in a spiral after that. I, because in this situation with this person I was dating, I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't be myself, like... Um, I felt like I was constricted, constricted. It was like we'd be in a restaurant. I would laugh. And after that, after we left the restaurant, a conversation would be had that 
my laugh was too loud. And so... Holy fuck. And, and, it, and it brought attention that was unwanted. And like it made me... I was policing myself. I ended up... So you couldn't really, be yourself in this I felt like I could. And it, and it was weird because I felt like all of those qualities that I have, like jubilation, like energy, was that, what That's who Jazz Anderson that. is. And I felt like that's what... I felt like that's what... I don't know what made me a person, a memorable person. Well, that's I, why I think you're one I of those felt, awesome people. And, and to be told that, it, it just seemed weird because it was a complete 180 from what I was told in the initial, in the, when the relationship yeah, began. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. great because of this. Like, I was great because I had energy because I compliment people and, like, people around campus know me and, like, that's great and, and how um, I make people feel good and, like, I, pre- I, I love uplifting people. And then it became a thing where, oh, I talk... I kind of it's it's like it's an inconvenience for people to say hi to me a lot. Something because, was like, bothering. Too, too many people know me, and then I realized that it wasn't me. It was totally this person. This person has a lot of um, insecurities. Insecurities and yeah. pain, and it was. It, it, I had to realize that it wasn't up to me to um, to. You can't fix it. I can't, and I and I really, and and it was on my heart. Like I felt like I had an obligation to because of just caring, yeah, simply caring yeah. about and so basically the pothole in that sense and, and that was a catalyst for a lot of the change like yeah, i <laughs> felt like shit like i felt like a tip like i felt like i what wasn't shit because i stopped like after that person said what they said a, you shut down a, a smear campaign was almost started with i kind of don't know if i should say it too much because of who might be listening, but basically it was a situation where I couldn't date this person because of because of um, um, contractual things in terms of I was their supervisor in a certain situation that yeah. I program that I had. So I um, not a supervisor, but kind of their mentor. Yeah. And so I couldn't date them, but I did anyway. And um, and a smear campaign was started where they were going to go to my higher ups and and say that we dated and that I would my name would be shit in the the department that, yeah, so that program was in. And it, for no reason, because I stopped talking to this person. So it's like I stopped talking to them for a month. And then I, 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 didn't, I didn't like the energy. Like, I didn't, I still didn't want, I, I didn't talk to this person because I was fucking pissed. Like, yeah. I didn't, like, I, that, I was hurt and angered. And so I stopped talking to this person for a month. And then I realized, hey, um, I don't. I still don't want this negative energy between us because I'm just not comfortable with there kind of being something left unsaid. Because I feel like if there's a negative energy, that means that there's something's not being communicated. And so I reached out and I said, "Can we talk?" This person agreed, and then a couple hours later, like right before we were supposed to meet, said, "Actually, no, I don't have time to talk, and I really don't want to." And I was like, "You know what? Okay." You reached out. I did. That's all you can do. And then I, I didn't even respond to that text because I knew it was. This person liked control, and I felt like it was a, a power play in a sense. Like, um, I ignored yeah. you, so this is your comeuppance, whatever, get back or whatever. And I just had to realize that I couldn't get that closure from that person, so I had to find it within myself. And go. that was really hard, because my whole life, I, I, I in a sense, like in how um, I was raised, it, it kind of seemed like... in My mom moved us around a lot, because she couldn't... When she couldn't deal with something, we left. And so that's kind of the model that I had. Like, when my parents divorced, we moved to Georgia. Like, from Florida, just like that. And then when my mom kind of didn't want to... Was thinking about getting back together with my father, 
we moved back to Florida. Like, it was just things where it was kind of, like, things were done without any sort of... And, like, my mom has grown as a person, and, I, and I'm, glad, I'm really glad I got to witness that because I grew as she grew. Yeah. And so I had to realize that for the first time, I couldn't look for someone else to give me that closure. Yeah. That I needed. That I had to find. I can't run away from school. I'm, I'm sure as hell not dropping out. It's too late in the game. I've already transferred. I have to deal with this. I have to deal with seeing this person around campus. And I have to deal with it. And it was really hard. Yeah. Like, I cried a lot. Okay. Like, I had to. It was something I had to go through. And it it's was really rough. Lesson. It was, it but was it's a learning lesson. But it's one of those lesson. learning lessons that sucks. It was a pothole that, that fucked my tire my alignment, everything was just like messed up. Okay. But I had to realize that um, that it was it was needed, and it was it opened the door in a lot of ways. I ended up um, having a friend group um, now that I have because of that situation, and and it's 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 a friend group of people and individuals that I truly feel like you know see me mm-hmm. in a sense. I feel like most people don't see people yeah you know i feel like most people you know they they look at you but they, but they don't see reach you. you and they can't kind of like think more than just what's going on yeah yeah and it made me feel like and, and in terms of i just realized my growth just as a person i realized that the light in me had dead like it had it died griffin like i um let's not say that let's just go like the light there was something dead. that was kind of there was something the yeah there was something yeah. that was there was an eclipse of my there you go. light. But your light was still there. It had, it, exactly. It was still there, but it was eclipsed. And so I had to... Um, I had to realize within myself who I was, who, who, I, who, I would, who I would like to be. Instead of being a better person, what is that? Yeah. I know how to be a better jazz. I don't know... Person is, depends on the person you're talking to. Yeah. So it's like... I had to realize, and people were saying, a lot of people gave me their opinion on the situation, and thinking back on it, I didn't need it, because in my heart, I knew what I needed to do to get better. I knew that I needed to accept myself. I knew how the situation was, why it ended. I didn't need clarification or anyone's take on it, although it gave me different perspectives. Different perspectives, yeah. In my, right now, where I'm at, I'm, I'm the conclusion of this whole relationship that I went through hasn't changed. Like, it's... I realized that this person was just an insecure person, blah, blah, blah. I was told that I was exploited, X, Y, Z. Like, and I realized that all of that, while I appreciate that it came from people that cared about me, um, still I still needed to figure out myself, and um, I needed to figure out who I was. And I don't believe in getting over something because I feel like that's very passive. I feel like if there's a rock on the road, sure, I can Hit that motherfucker. Get, get through that. Get through it. I don't believe in getting over something. I feel like that's not direct. That's so... Yeah, you're escaping. I feel like you're you're escaping. escaping it, essentially. Yeah. I feel like in order to truly alleviate something, that's because if you get over something, you can easily just go back over it, back and forth over it. But if and it's you still go, there. If, it's still there. If you destroy that thing, if you go through it, if you bulldoze it, that rock is dust, it cannot affect you. Fuck it. So I feel like that's what I had to realize, that it's not something I could get over it. It's something I had to get through yeah. in order to be on the other side and to be good. To, to be, be the new jazz. To be, yeah. All right, so 
with that Pavel, uh, I'll introduce kind of the new topic. I mean, this fits so perfectly with that, right? So if you're a car, yeah, um, you of course have to take care of the exterior and which is in this, uh, sense, like your body mm-hmm. physically maintaining. And then internally, like what's your oil change? Like how well are you keeping the engine primed? It's mm-hmm. like internally, what's your mental capacity, not mental capacity, but where are you mentally, how are you taking care of that? So when this pothole, the, the, uh, the union thing was going mm-hmm. on in the relationship, what kind of car were you then? If you could kind of think about that. And then now that you've kind of escaped, not even escaped that, you've gone through it and you've seen what's on the new side, what kind of car do you think you are now? So a car that I think that I was then, I felt like, I feel like I was, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get into cars now. Like I, so a car that's like nice on the exterior, but just a piece of shit. Like just with, we'll, we'll break down okay. at the drop of a dime. I don't know. Is that? I mean, that's a reality, but, uh, keep going and I'll try to think of a car. Uh, just a car that looks nice. That looks like it's, it's, it's got it all, but it's very. Okay. So there's a, a call it Jaguar. Um, I don't know the model of it, but they kind of made a sports car or like okay. look like a sports car, but it was built on the body of a Ford. Oh. Which is kind of like a Ford's a great company, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if you're gonna have a sports car, then make it, it unique. Yes, exactly. So it's like they're kinda of hiding the bullshit. It's like we half assed this. We have I th- that's the car then. Like okay. I like I was coming back off of um all those experiences <clears throat> when I got in the relationship when the union stuff was coming down, like I entered the semester thinking everything was great i did leadership i did um international student orientation i was an orientation leader for that and i did dog camp i was a counselor for that so i felt like I was you're doing high. things like, yeah. i was just i i know who i am and blah, blah 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 this is great like this rocks my and i needed to get that pothole needed to destroy my alignment it needed to mess my tire it needed to i needed to realize that I thought that I was, it was a band-aid. All of those things that I had been doing, I thought that wow. nice reference. Being, in, being in these organizations would give me that sense of fulfillment that I felt like I was lacking. So you were feeling a void. And I was externally. Not yeah. in, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't last if you're getting it externally because it's like, I read a book, it's, it's pleasure versus joy. Pleasure is very based on other things, but External. joy is something within you. Yeah. Nothing can take away joy, but pleasure can be taken away as soon as that object that you derive pleasure from is gone. I don't want to have pleasure. I want to have joy. And that's what I realized. Like, I was, I had pleasure back then. Like, I was looking at everything to make me feel good. Yeah. And I, and that's why, like, kind of, like, even now, now I consider myself, I consider myself a Toyota Corolla. No, get the hell out of here. You're like a (laughs) Cadillac Escalade. (laughs) <laughs> big old I mean I'm saying this is like you're a hundred thousand dollar car you're in control it is big it's mm-hmm. bad and it's a fucking machine so okay and it's luxury too oh it's okay, hi- okay. It's, it's high end it's like what you want mm-hmm. to okay. go like hey I'm new yeah this is me I'm back that's what that's me yeah you're not a Toyota Corolla get that shit out of here I that's feel basic like that is basic we're not we're not here for <laughs> basics I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like now I, now I know what it's like to feel like I lost everything. Like the union was gone. Um, 
I didn't know where I was in terms of who I was on campus because that was gone and that was such a huge part of my identity on campus was me doing that organization and me doing all these other organizations. Now the programs had ended. I was kind of in a way, I, I had to lose all of that to realize what I wanted, like j- just to reroute myself, mm-hmm. pun intended, but yeah, actually pun intended, to reroute so myself. So you could be a... I'm a 2018 catalog escalation. Or you could be like this little guy. I mean, there's a big <laughs> difference. There, that's just like your average right. sedan. This is like, right. I'm high end, I'm luxury, I'm back. I'm yeah. jazz. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I lowballed myself. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I'm here to help you get back. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I felt like, um, so I had to, in order to figure out like the joy within me. And so now it's just easier. I mean, there was a program, there's a program here called Art Society. Yeah? Are you part Very of that? Very prestigious. No. Okay. I, I went to the um, information session because it just seemed like the natural order of things. I did dog camp. Most of the dog camp counselors do that program. And it's it's prestigious. People talk about the university to the donors. You know, they hype it. Did you get denied? No, I didn't oh. apply. Well, you would be I, your perfect ambassador. I went there and then I changed my mind because it wasn't the service that I wanted to do. Like, I wanted to do something more of impact along okay. those lines. Something that's more community-based rather yeah. than university-based. That makes sense. Because I had done a lot of things for the university. And I felt like I wanted to now change course and for a broader audience yeah so i was looking for that and i felt like i didn't want to do art society because you know it was so enticing like you know it's it's such a organization very like i said very prestigious around campus and the people that are in art society it's um it's 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 an honor and and it's a good way for people to kind of form community on camp of a certain community on campus and i felt like um I felt like I didn't want to do it simply. Like, I felt like I didn't want to do it for the reasons that would give me the most. Like, I felt like, although there would be reasons that would make me happy joining Art Society, there are other reasons that I could join another organization that would make me more fulfilled. So what you were just saying is that Art Society would have given you the pleasure, but the other things would have given you the joy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Art Society would have given me pleasure in doing service would have given you joy. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. So let's jump into another question. This interview, I mean, okay, we're only given like an hour to do it. So we're going to go as far as we can. And if we have to keep going, we're going to keep fucking going. So detour. What's something kind of in your life that you had no idea was going to happen? And then kind of how'd you cope with it? And how are you now on the backs? Like now that you're on the backside of the detour, say like, you're going somewhere and it says detour. You're like, shit, now I have to go this way. And you didn't know you had to, but sometimes it's wavy. You don't really know where you are, but then you get put back kind of on a route. Hmm. Um, hmm. I guess, I don't know. I guess kind of just going along with what I was saying, like in terms of my involvement on campus and where I wanted my place to be. Like I, I really was adamant that union and being president of that organization was yeah, 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 yeah. going to be where I ended up. And but it didn't. Because no, there was and that was a complete detour. Yeah. Because I'm not good. It was interesting though, because even when I applied, I, I was vacillating between whether or not I wanted to do it or not. I knew that if I 
well, I guess I thought that if I apply that, I get it. So it was just like a, did I don't know. Did you take it for granted? In a way, I did. I did, actually, because I thought, I didn't think there was anyone else, because no one else was running for it. And I said, I don't know anyone else that would be more qualified than me. So I did take that for granted, but I was also thinking, well, if I do, if I'm considering this granted, then do I really want to do it? Is this the type of senior year that I want to have in terms of doing union things? Because doing union stuff had, um, didn't allow me to do other things like going downtown. Like I could just being you and having fun. And just, yeah, just having fun. Like just ex- experiencing that side of college. So some stuff was being taken away that you wanted to have. Yeah. So you were sac- you would have been sacrificing yeah. for something that you don't want. Like, I wanted to do the radio. I wanted to do, but at the same time, I love the organization. And I was thinking, I don't, I wouldn't want it in anyone else's hands if I can help it, because I feel like, I care about this organization so much, and I feel like I haven't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. So I. And so that was a detour because it shocked the hell out of me when the president called me and said I did not get it. Like that completely derailed me because I was like, whoa, who else applied? Yeah. And then she said, oh, it's just a member. And I was like, who? Because I I knew everyone that was a regular member of union. So I just, um, complete detour shook me because I didn't, I didn't really, it was all in the cards. She called me two weeks prior told me she wanted me to succeed her. So it just felt like, You're like you how? got slapped in the face. Yeah, I was like, how the, how did this happen? And then she said, yeah, I'm pissed about this too, but I can't have a vote. And she said, basically, it was like a smear campaign started against you and telling XYZ why you weren't qualified, blah, blah, blah. They were displeased with, displeased with promotion for, promotions for events because I was in charge of promotion. Um, even though every event got out on time and, and graphics were getting done. So it was it was bullshit. Bull. It was bull. Complete bullshit. But it was Politics, bought. Yo. It was bought. So Yeah. And so that derailed me. And so in terms of it just made me it just made me realize that um like I said I couldn't derive that joy that I couldn't derive it from the university because you can't derive joy from something you have to have it within you. So I just felt like joy comes from within. I felt so, like... Go ahead. I, in ter- I, I, I was lost. Like in ter- I didn't know what to do anymore because Union took up so much of my time in terms of how d- d- planning events, marketing them, telling the graphic design team to design this, um, marketing i mean um designing graphics for dogs after darks and then signs for this and that doing when we would do days like national pie day or whatever it was a lot of my time we would have an event every week multiple events a week and i'd have to work them and so to go from all of that to having nothing to do from giving it to her all to being told that we don't want your shit anymore yeah like it was just hmm it was interesting uh for me to figure out how I would come back from that. And then basically I had a pl- I had signed up to do an impact trip way back in like September when I was just like, ah, this seems like fun. Well, and then, fun. yeah, why not? And I didn't realize that, um, that that was the path I wanted to take in terms of UGA. I thought I would do art society in the beginning of the semester. I was like, okay, you know, I'll do that. Route. I did dog camp, I'll do art society. Da 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 da, and that'll be my time here at UGA, and it completely just took me off course, and 
and it, it's interesting because I was taken off course and now I'm back on in terms of being a detour in terms of me being involved in UGA in terms of me being finding that lane mm-hmm. but I have approached the scenery differently it's like I'm on that road but my but you perspective see it in a new way yeah nice but I see it in a new way is that with joy no yeah or you're on your way to getting I'm back. on my way yeah piece by piece yeah I feel it coming back I feel that you mile by mile you're getting there mile by mile yeah nice it's crazy sometimes like you really do want to give your best effort like best intention with anything and then sometimes like you just get knocked down you're like fuck mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that and like I think those are the best times in life though but they're the hardest ones to get through oh yeah it's like, yeah. hey, here's a different way of looking at it. It's like, well you, well, you didn't have to beat me down to the ground to be able to go like, hey, turn your head like 90 degrees and look how much different it is. It's like, son of a bitch, like, life, why did you... And it's, okay, so like, you're strong enough and you're amazing enough to be able to realize what you've been through and not let it beat you down. And there's a lot of people in life who, when something really shitty happens to them... They cower, they back down, they hurdle over the rock. Like, how do you get into a position of going like, enough is a fucking enough? And how do you attack getting back to who you want to be? Um, I just... And that's a crazy question. I guess just deciding within yourself that's when, you, when it's time, when it's time to stand up. Because you really can't get it from anyone else. Like, someone can tell you all day. Yeah. You, you have to... I don't know, it's just, it's it's recognizing when, I'm sick of this shit, like, I'm sick of eating ramen, time to, <laughs> like, you, it, it's just, there really is no other way that, someone can say, hey, dude, like, what are you doing, you're eating, yeah. you're eating shit every day, but unless you say, I'm done with this, and, 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 of course, things happen in cycles, you know, you feel motivated one day, you feel driven, oh, I'm gonna do this, and then things, things demotivate you things yeah. make it's it's really easy to go back to complacency it's really easy to yeah. you know go back to well ramen's pretty okay like i could spice it up with some i don't know some seaweed you know maybe it'll change tomorrow maybe it'll change tomorrow but it's just it's like a but it's, it's sense not of false hope it is false hope it's it's that comfortability it's like life happens when you take those risks it really does take the fucking reins taking in. yeah it's like I, 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 I was a math nerd in, in high school and I, I really regret like sometimes not doing a STEM major because I feel like that part of me is just like not getting fed and it's like slowly just, but I, I really love math and basically in calculus in, in, um, in, in senior year, I learned about the concept of um, derivative mm-hmm. and, and a tangent line and um, finding the derivative of a point and so basically I can I, I apply it to my life and since then I've just been if life is a function and a function can go up down just it can look like a crazy roller coaster there's um and it has infinite points on that line I consider those points moments in time yeah and if I choose any point on that line say I choose one that's way here at the bottom the derivative of that line which is the slope or the trajectory of that point at that certain time can be, it's going to be negative if it's here at the bottom. It's going to be negative. But 
that doesn't mean that... There's not an upside to it? Yeah, that doesn't mean that I won't have a um, time where I have at my record high yeah. for that moment, and then the slope is positive. Or even if I'm at my highest point and it's positive, that derivative point, that derivative slope could be negative. And even if I'm at my top, that trajectory could be negative, and I'm at my bottom, and that trajectory could be positive. Which is what makes life fucking cool, though. That makes life fucking cool because my trajectory i was on the goddamn bottom i was in the trough of my damn life like i was i was here yeah last semester and now you're on the way back up yeah i didn't realize that although i was at the bottom the derivative in that trajectory was going up like sure i was at the bottom but it's but hard that to realize point, that in the it's moment hard to, it's hard as hell who wants to it's like i don't give a shit about tomorrow i feel like shit today like it just but Looking back on it, it really does just growing pains. Yeah. I I mean, dude, if life were a straight trajectory of That's like... That's so goddamn boring. <laughs> you expect everything. Like, why even live if you know what's going to happen next? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, when you have a sunny day, you're like, this is awesome. And then when it's a cloudy day, you're like, fuck, this sucks. Like, the thing is, is that uh, somebody gave this beautiful analogy. Is like, when there's a cloudy day... You need to realize that the sun is still fucking there. Like, it's behind the clouds and it's going to be there tomorrow. Like, wow. The, the clouds yeah. are, even if you're, if, like, it's, it's you've got a winter storm coming and that's all you see, you're like, oh, it's so depressing. It's like, you're going to have those days in life and, like, you need those to realize that when that sun comes, you're fucking happy. Like, yeah. if you're just stagnant of, like, um, like, if that's you're happy all think, the time, are you really happy? I don't because think you how are. how do you even know that that's happiness if it's something that you experience like, so constantly? When people in life are like, yeah, I just want to be happy. It's like, uh, like, dude, if you're happy all the fucking time, like, whoop-de-woo. Yeah. There's nothing. It's like you won't appreciate it. Yeah. It's like, how you take it. You, you take it for granted and then you realize, like, all these people are suffering and, like, I'm happy why can't I kind of like experience what's going through? You never really want to be sad. It's just a reality of right. life. Like hitting curveballs. I was mm-hmm. a pitcher only. The reason I couldn't hit shit. <laughs> so like when a curveball came, I would always kind of duck. I'd always be scared. And it's like sometimes you just got to fucking stand in there. And even if you strike out, I mean, you swing the damn bat. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to have times that suck. And then you're going to have times that are awesome. That's just what you call the roller coaster in the journey of growth of life. It's like, I mean, who wants one way? Right. That's dumb. That's boring. Yeah. But if there's two ways, that's just as boring. You want however many fucking ways that yeah. there can be. And you just, that's a huge point of like taking your mind out of a fixed mindset and going growth. Like, hey, there's a lot of fucking options out here. It's like, what's going to happen next? I mean, mm-hmm. you just, you got to be willing to adapt to be flexible. Yeah. And know that change is, I mean, that's tough. It, not a lot of people want to change. Um, even if you want to change for the better, you're hesitant. You're like, all right, what do I do? Like, I feel comfortable right now. And if what if I take this step? Or like, how are people going to think about me? You get antsy and then you kind of sit back down and you're like, ah, yeah, maybe it's not the time. So, all right, last question. But we're definitely not done talking. Um, so right now, you're, you're getting back. You're coming back to jazz, like this new version. This, I mean, you're still amazing, so that's fine. What are you doing now that kind of keeps you on that trajectory of that derivative to kind of like... Positive, what's, yeah, what's positive. the upslope right now? Yeah. What, what are the stuff you're doing right now to like 
um to kind of keep that up i just i had to realize um that hmm that things affect i just had to realize what affects me as a person what i had to realize what what brings me joy and what doesn't and and if it doesn't it's gone yeah like i just simply put like i had to make it so formulaic if something is taking up my time that i don't truly it's like of course i'm not going to be happy with everything all the time i'm not going to derive this joy but it's like even whether it be me experiencing that joy now or me knowing that there's joy to come from this if i'm if there's no joy now or if there's no op- there's no chance that i can achieve joy through then this you gotta get out. then it has to leave because now it's a waste of my time yeah. and my energy and so it, once i did that i just i realized like some of the people that i was surrounded by not a negative very energy. negative you got to go away very negative it it just I couldn't take it anymore. I just had to distance myself and just realize that, hey, that's just people are people are here for seasons, you know. Yeah. And. I was gonna say something about that, but you. People are here said for seasons. It pretty damn well. So, I just had to realize that, and then also, currently, doing things for myself, that, that goes along, just, hmm, looking out for myself, like just knowing that. And, and acknowledging that I will be with myself for the rest of my life. And that's a guarantee. No one else is a guarantee. Yeah. It's like as much... I have a twin sister and like that's the closest person to me. But as much as I would like to think that she will be here with me every step of the way, she won't. And she hasn't. I've gone through things that she... That I told her after the fact yeah. what happened. And I had to go through that when it was happening. And I was just with myself. And so... Knowing that, how can I expect someone? Respect was such a huge thing that I experienced being turning twenty. It's like all of these issues that I had to deal with were like my dignity and and what that meant to me. And am I gonna allow someone to make me feel like I'm not valued? And so I yeah, had to realize that, that I had to stand happen, up for yeah. myself, and I had to realize that I had to make myself no like I can't bitch about not. Um, feeling like people see me if I'm facilitating that. You know, if I'm giving it my all and I feel like people aren't valuing me, then that's when it's goodbye, like union. Yeah. But if I am feeling like people aren't seeing me and I'm also not giving them that opportunity, then how can I, you know, get angry with them or, or get angry at the world when I'm not allowing people to see who I am? Mm-hmm. I'm whether it be out of fear, whether it be out of insecurity, which which goes hand in hand with fear. Yeah. It's still something that I need to recognize, you know, taking that shot. Like most people sit in the back of the class. And that was like a a, a video at Leadership where it was like the dude, the guy that was like um it was a very strange video. It was the guy said most people sit in the back of the class and you should sit in the front of the class. And he was talking about how if people just just wish away uh, stuff that you're in a voice that's telling you to that you can't do something. Mm-hmm. It, it was a long day. But basically, we after days. that, I started sitting in the front of the class. Same here? Huh? Same here? Same for what? Like I sit in front of class now. Oh, yeah. You, you do? I mean, there's one cl- 
see. But for the most part, I yeah, try to one, make an effort. Yeah, yeah. To... For one class, I'm in the back, but that's because I'm with a group back there. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I I really did. I mean, like after that video. Yeah. I, it wasn't even the video. I shit. It might have subliminally been subconsciously. But yeah, dude. Like being in the front of the classroom, your teachers get to know you, yeah. and you feel a you feel more sense present, like to be involved. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like, like you're more active in your learning. Than being in the back. So, like, I mean, for finance, 3,000. Like, there's 300 students in that one classroom. Mm. And there would be days where I would make it down. And I would be in third row. And I'd be like, mm. oh, this is interesting. And then there'd be some days where, I mean, I showed up late or something, like, hung over or something like that. And I would yeah. sit in the back. And I just wouldn't feel yeah. like I'm learning anything. And, like, what's the point of me showing up if I'm not going to be present? And I think being present is... um subsect of you showing up and being there yeah you taking charge and you taking ownership of your learning Mm -hmm. you saying this is my this is my opportunity to grow and i'm owning that and i'm controlling that and i'm going to be in the front where i know i can maximize that yeah and it's a lot it's it's also okay so you can have people who want to say something yeah and then they're going to get the anxiety that whatever they think, whatever they're going to say is going to be translated by other people like, oh, that person's stupid. Right. Okay. Honestly, there's some, <laughs> there's some statements yeah. that you're like, you're a, yeah. oh man. Yeah. You know, you know, what I'm, oh, it's yeah. like, just, that was stupid. Yeah. But other than that, I think everybody's well-intentioned when they want to ask a question or make a yeah. statement, but a lot of people kind of get nervous. I don't know. I'm going to say this, but it's just kind of weird. Um, in our entrepreneurship class, it's a very interactive class. Our professor walks around and he like pulls names out of cups to go like, mm. all right, so, um, hey, you're going to start it off today. Come on, give it to me. And like, if you're caught on your uh, tip or like off your heels, like you're screwed, mm. but we're going to keep going. And then there's like, um, I think this is just being able to like speak in class and be able to kind of be confident in yourself. There's an individual who... I don't think he's too greatly confident in being able to, I mean, he knows the answers, but he's definitely very nervous when he Mm. is called on. So he changes his complexion. Like Mm. you can visibly see he's very uncomfortable and it's like, how do you kind of get yourself into a better state where you can feel confident and then, yeah, be able to know that you can answer this instead of going like, oh shit, they called on me, anxiety, everything's going to rush into my body. Like, if you could speak to something, being able to figure out how to, um, I mean, yeah, be more confident in what your answer is. Honestly, in general, I used to be the same way. Like every time I would know the answer, but I would, when the teacher would call, when I would raise my hand and the teacher would call on me, I would give the answer in a question. Like I would raise my tone, like it's a question. Like so it's what's like four Jeopardy. plus four? Eight? <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was something I knew. Yeah. But I would still But you weren't confident, confident in about answer. it. And I honestly I just faked it until I made it. Like I just pushed myself and, and put myself in those opportunities where I had no choice but to but to kind of show who I was and, and show it's like I, I pushed myself to the point where now it's kind of just commonplace. Like I have no issue being wrong in class. Teacher will say it was four plus four. Six. 
I'd, so no. I'd call you stupid. <laughs> but it's like, but, there's something to say about someone that's confidently wrong, even if they're yeah, wrong. Yeah, oh, holy shit, yeah. You could be like, I know this shit, and then they're like, dude, you're completely wrong. But I love the <laughs> effort. Respect, like, you respect thought you knew it, and like, if that person is given that, that sense of they know it, yeah. and they're like, shit, you're wrong. But like... There's still something yeah, to say about it. you thought it was right. Yeah. And if you think it's right and you did your best... Honestly... Fuck it. Yeah. Like, you... Okay, <laughs> that's the thing of life, is everybody's going to judge you, right? Yeah, oh, and yeah. And if you don't yeah. have the right answer, people can say you're stupid. Yeah. But, okay, if you're saying four plus four is six, like, you're an idiot. <laughs> um, but if somebody is confident enough in themselves, and they've done the research, and this is what they believe to be true, and then they make that statement and very confident, like, I know this shit, and then they're told they're wrong, that hurts. It does hurt. It but does. But I think they need that support group to go, like, dude... It's okay. It's okay... You're learning, but you were so confident, and it's awesome that. To say about that, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome that you gave your best effort to be like, dude, I'm proud of you. Um, there's stuff to learn, but if you can know that, everybody's gonna be like, dude, that person's gonna awesome. Yeah. So I mean, there's those small little things like Toastmasters be able yeah. to get yeah into a better um, ability to speak in front of people. I mean, speaking in front of people is not for everybody. Like no. it's hard. Um, like, it takes me, I mean, I, I want to do it for a living, but it takes me a, a second to realize, like, all right, Griff, don't be, don't be scared. Like, yeah. I, you're going to be scared. I mean, there was somebody in a book, we literally have a minute and 30 seconds until we're going to go into the next segment. But it's like, if you see all of these athletes, these great athletes and all these performers, you're like, dude, they're not even sweating it. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, MJ was probably still nervous in yeah. game six or game seven, but... There's something in the ability to like click into that moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's nervous. He he knows this is a, such a big game, mm-hmm. but being able to go like, all right, I'm nervous, but I know I need to get it done. Switching on that game mode and just going like, I'm a ball. Yeah. So. So, so you just have to psych yourself out sometimes. Be your own hype man. Dude, just, being your own hype yeah, man is kind of dope. It is. Like. It is. It's so much needed, and you can have hype man. But like you said, um, the only person that you'll ever be with is yourself, which I'm trying to comprehend that. But I mean, like, that's crazy as shit. So you have to be your own high man and go like, hey, Griff, nobody's going to do this yeah. for you. It's time to can do it. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to end this one real quick and then we'll jump into another quick one. So on the topic of Michael Jordan, I mean, he's like the greatest basketball player. I, and I think I'm coming to the realization right now because LeBron James is kind of an asshole. Yeah, yeah. You see what he's trying to do? No, no. Okay. I mean, he is with the Lakers now. Yeah, I, I did. So they're trying to go after a really big superstar, Anthony Davis, and he's on uh, the Pelicans. Yeah, I don't... I'm drawing a blank. New Orleans, Pelicans, something like that. So... um LeBron James has never really had superstars on his team, right? So he's been to like eight consecutive finals, and it's the most mm-hmm. ever. And he just he can't win sometimes. So right now, um, he's always kind of been a coach as a player because he's got this sway. He, like, I'm LeBron James. I might be better than Jordan. So right now, he's got – it seems like if you looked at a chessboard that he's the king – and that the rest of his team are pawns. And it's just, I hate seeing this. It's like, 
he, he commented, he's like, hey, the NBA, the National Basketball Association is a business, right? So the Lakers offered up seven players that they might be living in Los Angeles. They might have their families. They might have a lot of stuff. They put up seven players just to get this one player. And it's like, dude, I think you're kind of an asshole right now because you're trying to be the general manager when you have to think about other people's lives. Like, sure, you want to win. You, I mean, life is very individualistic at times. But at the same time, like, you need to realize that other people are around you. Everybody's got feelings. Like, I think one of the best things about being an individual, one of high quality, is the ability to be empathetic. Yeah. Going like, all right, I have to step out of my own shoes and step into your shoes and realize, hey, what are you going through? Mm-hmm. Like, I can be thinking, hey, fuck you. Like, I'm going to do what's best for me and then completely throw you to the wayside and never really think about you. But that's not what a good person does. Right. Because a good person goes like, hey, what's, on, what's going on with you? How can we make this better together? Mm-hmm. I mean, understandably, LeBron's players aren't going to win him a championship. And that's what the goal of a business is. Profitability, win a championship, do this, this, and that. But it just sucks with what it seems like what he's doing. And he's losing a lot of respect. I had a lot of respect for him being able to do what he has done as an athlete and as a person. But this is kind of, I think this will sort of taint his career because you're a fucking player. Let everybody else kind of do what they can. And like, I don't know. It's a, that was a hot topic. But uh, yeah, let's jump back into your life. (laughs) Sorry, this is, I actually wanted to just say that. LeBron, you're losing my respect, dog. (laughs) All right. um, So everything's great now. I mean, I really do think you should get back in the music business. I just... It's, yeah, I think you should go jump into those classes. And I like, definitely feel like I'm going to audit a few. Like, definitely. I feel like if you've got the well enough intention, you might be able to... I wish you could approach professors now and go like, hey, is there any way I could sit in? But it's yeah. like, I don't know, like, I'm just like... It's like, come on, dude. I, I have the passion and I yeah. want to be able to do this. Because... You can, I mean, I, I would believe over at, say, like Harvard, Stanford, all these Ivy League schools, if you wanted to learn something, it'd be okay if you sat in the classroom. Right. Because those are the environments where they're the top of the top of the top. And it's like, if you want to learn something to be able to help add value and bring positivity to wherever you go, please feel free to sit in my class. Mm. And, I mean, I feel like, as we started earlier, I mean, you want to share things with people. You want to learn. Yeah. You want to be able to give back. And I don't know. I feel... Like, you should be able to do that, especially here at the number 13 public institution in the nation. It's like, I want to learn and I want to be able to produce and I want to make the best of my life. And I feel like this could add a lot of value to my life. Mm. And then, I don't know. It's just, you know, everything's a business. Yeah. And it sucks. That, no, it does. It does. But I do agree with what you said in terms of... Um, yeah, it's possessing that empathy. I mean, if not, you're, you're just a psychopath. Like, you're just someone that isn't able to at least Com- intri- like, like, interact with other people. Yeah. It's like you're a fucking robot. And there are some functional psychopaths. They know that they can't um, connect empathize and, and connect, but they know what they should do. Mm-hmm. Like, there was one, um, my sister was telling me about this guy that saw this other guy bleeding on, like, he was, he was stabbed and he was bleeding on the road. And he passed him, and he said his first instinct, because he, he's Just an acknowledged him, psychopath. Yeah. He's an acknowledged oh. psychopath, and he said, I didn't care. 
But he said, I knew that as a citizen with empathy, I should call the ambulance. And so that's what I did. So it's like you can be a functioning psychopath. And that empathy is artificial in the sense of it's not something, it's something that's learned rather mm-hmm. than something that, you know, you're, that's within you. But at the same time, it makes life much more fulfilling to be able to have those connections with people. Mm-hmm. Even if it's artificial or you feel like it's forced, at least it comes from a place where you're still attempting that connection with someone. Yeah. And if it doesn't mean anything to you, at least it means something to the person that you're interacting with, at the very least. I mean, that... Did he save the person? Yeah, the guy was saved. The guy okay. was good. So that could be like one of those things that you said earlier, the... Um, what was it? The strong, weak tie, something like that? Oh, yeah. It's like... If you help save a person, I mean, like, A, good things will come back, I believe, to you. Because the positivity will be able to help out. It's like, maybe one day down the road, this guy who was saved Mm -hmm. had this opportunity and was like, I know an amazing human being that helped me, so can I help elevate that guy's position? So it's like, you never really know what's going to come into your life. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it, but it's also the scary part. It's very frustrating and scary, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, like you said, life is definitely a function. Mm-hmm. Ups and downs. You never mm-hmm. really know how high that high is going to be, and you never really know how low that low is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that I'm definitely trying to work on is, like, when you said you were in that relationship and you realized that maybe there was something's wrong, it's like, you want to be able to help, but it's like, that person has to learn it oh, yeah. and do it for themselves. So it kind of hurts as not only the bystander, but somebody who cares a lot yeah. about that individual. So it's like, how do you play that? Are you asking me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, um, hmm. Because I know there's a couple people in my life that I would love to make the decisions for them, yeah. but I can't. It, it's interesting because um, I it's something that I, I have a hard head when it comes to me caring about someone. Like, I feel like... I can't let it go if oh, I same here. like I feel like if there if I haven't exhausted any possible option, I'm going to consider it a failure un, unless I, I I consider it a failure if I haven't exhausted every possible option. I feel like if I feel like there's any shred of a way I could help someone that I'm going to try to do that. But I had to realize and I'm still realizing because sometimes I I get frustrated because it's like why can't this person, you know, why can't um, this person realize, or, or why can't even... Why can't they kind of wake up to what we see? Yeah, wake up, yeah. And so, it, wake up. And so it feels like, um, it, it, I get really frustrated, because it's like... You want the, the best same, for you them? You want the best. Yeah. But then at the same time, I had to realize that if this person doesn't see it, and, and this person's an, an, an adult, a grown person... Then they have to go through it they themselves. To, they do, and it's like I I would love to be, it's like. I blocked this person on on all accounts of social media because I felt like um, I hadn't blocked them for I just recently blocked them like a month ago but I felt like, I was, oh keeping that door open because I know how it feels when, you know someone even if you don't talk to someone in a while if you still just to know that there's someone that is there for you to I, I wanted to still be um I, I, I wanted to be able a resource to, a resource if that. that yeah because I, I knew I, I wasn't surprised like I knew that I um 
it wasn't lost on that person that I cared about them. Like yeah. they they knew. Like yeah. so I feel like if it were a situation where they were going through something and they were to reach out to me, I wanted to have that I I didn't want them to feel like they were alone. But at the same time I knew that it was still hurting me because I'm going through my head like, Well, this person I'm still i I'm still like pissed at this person. It's like, well, not pissed, but I'm I'm still like I don't know what there's to I, say, you know. Maybe frustrated. Frustrated. Like I'm not angry. Like I feel like that's an overstatement of emotion. Like I'm not angry. I'm not. I'm sort of saddened, but because it's like um, I seldom. It, it takes me a while to to connect with someone, mm-hmm. and so once I do. I cannot give that up. Like I I just feel like it's such, it's like I I grieved the relationship basically. It's like as if this person died. That's how it felt. So you have, like, the utmost best intentions for it. And then from what you've tried to give as to what could be done from their part, it's like that discrepancy is what sucks. It's like you're giving it the best. You want the best intentions. And, like, you know it could be at this level. But... It just... Because it sucks you want to say that they're operating at a lower level, but they're enjoying, like, if they're... It felt like this person kind of was... Not even kind of. This person did not know a clue what they wanted. They um, had gotten out of a, a terrible relationship, but uh, they still kind of had a relationship with the person that broke up with them. It was a it was a tangled web of yeah. just yeah. And so I felt like um, you know, I I I felt like this person didn't know what they wanted, and they chose a route where you know social route, an easy route, a route that makes them. Um, that's easy for them to navigate. And, uh, and so I felt like, it, I, in a lot of ways, I was like, ah, well, that's not what this person wants. Like, they, they're they just, they care a lot about what other people thought. Mm-hmm. And so you gotta I... got to come felt, up to your own conclusions. And, and I realized that um, I can say all day, oh, well, uh, this person, yeah, uh, whatever it, it wasn't on me and it truly wasn't about me um i had a part to do with it but it was this person's journey and even if this person isn't doing what they want and they, they're doing what they think they should be doing and they're going the follower route that's still not for me to say mm-hmm. yeah i mean if they're doing that route then obviously it's something they want like yeah. that's what i had to realize to a certain that's extent that's their own journey yeah like i can't I can't say, oh, they're not doing what they want, what they really want to do. They really want to, you know, be this type of person or whatever. That's not for me to say because they're making the, the moves the in this direction. The decision themselves, yeah. So it's like, even if it's not, I mean, who who is there to say except for this person? Exactly. Obviously, they're living a, a life that they're content with at this given moment in time, at least. So it's not for me to intercept. And so I had to realize that it was hurting me. It was like, oh, well, if this person texts me, what am I going to say? And it was giving me stress. And I had to realize that, you know what, I should just cut communication off from this person. And so I did. And, um... Yeah. Yeah. And you gotta do what you can do. Yeah, like, I... I, But as long as they know that you're still there and that you care, and then maybe they come back to you one day and go, like, Jazzy, you know what? You were right. It's it's not... I don't want to say it's, like, satisfying, but in a sense it is. It's going, like, now you've... And I realized I was giving them power, too. By saying, like, ah, oh, man, 
what I, I'm just gonna be like, I told you so moment. Like, not that I'm gonna say, but it's internally I'm just gonna internally gonna be like, yeah, like, like you gotta... I knew I rocked. Like, but I had to realize that I'm still a lo- like hinging my own value in some certain aspect on what this person thinks about me, and so I had to just not. And I mean, I'll, I'll maybe I'll unblock this person one day. Maybe I won't. And I'll just forget about it. But yeah. it's just like, but now it's like whether this person reaches out reaches out to me or doesn't, I will. I don't know anyway. So it's like, why is there any way? Why should I stress about it? Yeah. If they did, I don't know. If they didn't, I don't know. That's just like a little blip on the map. Yeah. It's like, it's, and it's like, this is, yeah, I'm only 20. Like, I have my whole life to live. A lot of people freak out, especially our age. Going like, hey, I see social media. All these people are successful. They're yeah. beautiful. Oh, They've done yeah. this, this, and that. And you're like, well, why, not, why am I not doing that? Oh, wait, genetics. It's like... This is the, 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 the path that you were designed to be on, and a lot yeah. of people don't realize that. So, and in doing that, they freak out. It's like, dude, shut up. You are 20 years old. The way yeah. that, like, our healthcare is going and the way that our bodies are honestly still evolving, you're going to make it to 80 or 90. Guess what? You just started, like, a quarter, like, Not bad at math, like, like, a quarter of your life. Yeah. You're 20. You could live to 80. Yeah. And 80 is pretty, like low end now yeah depending on your stress level but you could make it to 90 it's like dude you have 60 to 70 years to live you just started yeah you can get there later down the road that's a reality but don't get pissed off that you're 23 and you're not a freaking multi-millionaire doing x y and z it's like these people are like the 0.001%, whether they made it by themselves or flaunting what they don't have or had the luck of genetics. And you can't force anything. Like as soon as you force it and you try to exert that control, you won't have it. Because it's like, it's a matter of, or maybe you will have it, but just not in the way that you... Like we were talking at the beginning. So it's like just allowing that intent to be there that i want this is the outcome i want i'm and just navigating throughout your life you're un you're you're subconsciously doing the moves that you need to in order to get what you want yeah but as soon as you try to interfere and you overthink and you say well maybe i shouldn't do this because that possibly could derail my goal then you're you're, you're causing that interference and the reason why you you said this and you wanted it manifested is because you want the universe to make that happen for you so why are you not allowing the universe to make that happen for you? Yeah. And you're trying to force, you know? Because you want to be like somebody else. Exactly. Like, be you. Be you. Like, don't say you want to be the next Steve Jobs. Like, just be the best you that you can be. Why even compare? Because if Comparison you don't make is the much, thief of joy. It is the thief of joy. It's like you're going to live your whole life wanting to be the Steve Jobs. And who's to say you're not going to? But at the same time, it's like you can't. You're kind of looking up to this ideal figure. Yeah. Because you're never really going to be that. You can't ever be another person. Right. You can only... You. You can follow their footsteps. Oh, yeah, of course. And go like, hey, if they did this, maybe I can try that. Point of reference. Yeah, yeah, which is great. But at the end of the day, if you compare yourself to any sort of other individual or thing, you're going to be let down. And And just being a twin, like that really hits with me because my whole life it had been a, a, a continuous process of me co- constantly being compared to someone me constantly mm-hmm. being compared to me always having that frame of reference by which people judge the type of person I was so it's it was it was and I had to and it, it caused a lot of stress in the relationship between me and my sister and 
me in terms of how I saw myself, I went through like a sort of an identity crisis in a sense because I didn't know who I was apart from being a twin. Yeah. Apart from being the 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 yin to someone's yang. Like instead it just of being felt, the jazz to the Ella. It just yeah, it just felt like I couldn't stand in my own shoes and and exist and and most people are afforded that luxury of just them being considered as an individual person and then with me it's like you're I'm walking by myself yeah. and someone asks me where my sister is I don't know where the hell my sister is she could be in class she could be I don't know but it's like you want to be you I want to be me you know I want to be me and I would yeah like I, if people would have these expectations of what they knew Ella to be if they knew her separately and then they would meet me and I'm not totally like my sister. Of course, we have a lot of similarities, yeah. but I'm my own individual person. And so if that didn't meet their expectations or it would be an obvious letdown and I would just kind of feel like feel crap. So yeah. yeah, I'd feel like crap. Like, wow, like I couldn't just be a person. If someone were meeting my little brother, they wouldn't even have those expectations. Yeah, my but I think the weird thing for yeah. you, though, is I th- like... The reality is, is you are a twin yeah. and you're identical. So yeah. that's like, that's the tough part. And I think that when we definitely, you know, this stage of life where it's very, very judgmental, we're just kind of like figuring things out in college. It's just like, we don't really see the individual. Mm-hmm. Like we just kind of see what you said on the outside. You see surface level bullshit, right? Yeah. And until you sit somebody down and go and like, wow, that person is extremely different or they could be the same, but like this is their own person. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't just be looking on the outside and going like, oh, well, that's that because I see it like that. Like mm-hmm. take the time to get to know something and you'd be like, wow, that changed my mind. And that's where just creativity and originality comes from. It's like you don't necessarily have to – it's like people are so obsessed with the frame of reference. It's like, oh, this is going to be the next – whatever mm-hmm. like it's especially with film this is going to be the next james bond like it's next just avengers such yeah. an obsession with with banking off of what's already been done benchmarking yeah. benchmarking that it, it it cripples the individuality creativity yes. and that's why movies like sort of suck and tv doesn't because tv has entered the stage where people are it's, it's in this era of innovation with streaming there, there are a lot of things censoring, a lot of things are different, and it allows that opportunity for uh, much more innovation. It's not like movies where it's like so cut and dry. It's yeah. like varied by the numbers, box office, and that really affects. Yeah. I mean, what is it? Creativity focus. So Tony Robbins, uh, amazing individual. Yeah. Um, he has, like, if you want to add value, especially to a lot of people, there's, like, three things that you need. I'm forgetting the third one, but number one is creativity, number two is focus, and then something else. But, like, if you want to add value, if you want to be you, and if you want to leave a lasting impact, creativity and focus are going to be the top priorities of what you're trying to bring to the world. And I think as being an individual... We can bring so much, but we rarely are able to see that because we're such a superficial culture. And until you sit somebody down and being like, wow, that person's creative. That person is innovative. That person is unique. 
and it's awesome to be able to have the pleasure to be with this person and like if we can cultivate that relationship and make it better or I mean you have no idea where you're gonna end up in like five ten years but somewhere down the road you'd be like hey I remember Jazz she's probably still as awesome as she is so it's like you don't know you can give your best effort but it's just life is strange bro just enjoying the process you know just enjoying the ride yeah I mean that's the whole thing is like when you're driving a car in this journey of growth it's one thing to be looking in the past and I think that's the reason why your rear view mirror is so small it's because Mm -hmm. sometimes you do need to look back just to make sure that you're not screwing up but also you need to focus on what's going on right now and figuring out, hey, there's a car right in front of me. Wow, hit the brakes quick, right? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we're focused so far down the road that we don't see what's going on in front of us. Mm-hmm. So being able to, one, be able to live in the present, enjoy that car ride because that ride is so much fun, especially if you've got music jamming or, hey, <laughs> this podcast. But then seeing far down the road, like, hey, there's my destination. Mm-hmm. I know it's coming, but I got to put in the work and I got to keep staying on this road and... If there's a pothole and I hit it, how do I avoid it next time? If there's a detour, great. I know that I'm still wanting to go back on. Sorry for that second interruption. My mom decided she was going to call me in the middle of a podcast, which means I should probably turn on Do Not Disturb. I would like to apologize for the breaks in the podcast. I wish they were sponsorships, but they're not. So we will do better next time. And please enjoy the rest of this episode. Thanks for the interruption, Mom. I'll call you back in a minute. Um, just knowing that this journey is going to be yours and you have no idea where it's going to take you is fun. It is fun. All right. This is my favorite part of the episode, and I'm glad this episode has only lasted 22 seconds. This is going to be fun editing this one. Jazz Anderson? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I feel like there should be a word that can describe only you, but I think I can amazing. Um, I don't really like the word insightful because you way surpassed that and you're blowing my mind with like how you see everything and special doesn't come close. I mean, the best I can give you is thanks for being jazz. So it was a pleasure. (laughs) Thanks, Griffin. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm so honored that you invited me to your show. Yeah. Um, everybody, this definitely has to be my favorite episode. So uh, this will be fun editing. But Jazz, thanks for your time. Thank you. <laughs>